Father, would you change us through your word? Thank you that you have given us this book and you've given us the Holy Spirit. I pray that by the Spirit, you would help us to see clearly what's here and then to trust it, to trust you and to live on it. Oh, please be our help this morning because we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus gives two ways of living in this passage, only two ways. Either you are going to live for the reward of glory that comes from God. So you're going to live for glory that he's going to give, and the way you're going to seek that reward of glory is by living for his fame. Or you will try to get the glory that comes from people. That's the reward you're going to seek after. You're going to want their praise, their money, their influence. That's the kind of glory people give. And the way you get that kind of glory is by drawing attention to yourself. These two ways of living are completely incompatible. That's what Jesus is going to tell us. So you are either going to live your life drawing attention to God and trusting that he's going to reward you with glory in the end. He's going to reward you, or you're going to think, no, I need the reward of glory that people can give me, and so I'm going to draw as much attention to myself as I possibly can. Jesus tells us that these two ways of living are incompatible, and he brings them up in order to explain to the Pharisees why it is that they cannot believe. So that's the purpose of him talking about this. He's explaining to the people who are listening to him, this is why you can't believe in me. Now, there's a lot for us here because all of us, all of us are tempted to care more than we should about what people think about us. We all do. We're always tempted to think more about the reward we can get from people around us than the reward that God can give us. And your ability to believe in Jesus hangs on whether or not you fear him more than people. That's what we're going to see in this text. So there are three sections of this sermon as we walk through the text. We're going to start by just observing that Jesus is pitting two sources of glory against each other. You can get glory from mankind, or you can get glory from God. So that's where we're going to start. And then we're going to see that the people we are willing to receive, the people we are willing to follow, reveals what kind of glory we love. So the kind of people you follow, the kind of people you're willing to receive, it actually exposes your heart as to whether you love the glory that comes from mankind or the glory that comes from God. And then finally, we're going to get to the main point, and it's this. If you love the glory that comes from other people and not the glory that comes from God, you cannot believe in Jesus. That's the main point. And we'll close there. So let's start. Let's start by seeing how Jesus shows there are two ways of living here. 
Two ways to get glory and only two. Look at verse 44. Jesus says, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? So he's telling us there are two ways to get glory. They are opposed to each other. You can receive glory from one another. You see that in verse 44? Or you can seek the glory that comes from the only God. So every man, woman, and child in the history of the world has been motivated most deeply by one of these two things. Either the the reward that comes from people or they've been lived motivated by a life that wants to please God and be rewarded by him. That's true of you. It's true of everyone here. You are most deeply motivated by one of those two. And if you're a Christian, there's a war going in on in your heart, probably always, as to who you should fear more. Receiving glory from other people, do you see that phrase in verse 44? It means that these Jewish leaders, the ones that Jesus is talking to, they're motivated by the glory they can get from other people. So what does that mean? What kind of glories can people give us? What does Jesus mean? You try to receive glory from people. What glories can people give? Well, they can give us money, can't they? If you're thinking about how you can influence somebody because you're interested in their money. Or maybe they can give you power. That's a kind of glory people can give you. You can get power over them. It feels good. Or perhaps, most of all, simply their praise, their admiration. We love it. We crave it. That's the kind of glory we instinctively want from people. We want to be liked and praised and loved. And Jesus is telling these men that he's speaking to that what drives them most deeply is a desire to receive the kind of glories that people can give to them. And even though they look very religious... Just a warning, by the way. They look religious. It doesn't mean that they actually care about what God thinks. They look very religious. And Jesus is saying, even though they look religious, what's driving them deep down is what other people think about them. That's not what God thinks about them. They are convinced that other people can give them what will satisfy their souls. We are born. Everyone here is born convinced that living to receive glory from other people is going to satisfy our souls. You don't have to be taught that. You are born convinced of that. So as sinners, when we deal with other people, there's always a calculation going on inside our souls whether this person's going to like me, if they're going to advance my career, if they're going to get me more money or admire me. That's what motivates us. That kind of calculating in your souls, you're born into it. We want to receive glory from other people. So here are just a few diagnostic tests for your own soul. This is not going to cover everything, but test yourself here with these questions about whether you might be the kind of person who wants glory from other people. Do you treat people differently 
according to their status. So important people, you treat them really well. People that society doesn't think are very important, you don't treat them very well. That means you think that getting glory from important people matters. So we've all seen this happen before. I hope, I hope you're not one of these people, but you go out to eat with somebody, a coworker, and they're so friendly, they're so nice to you, they're, they're warm, they're funny. Then the waiter comes up. Totally rude. You've seen that before? That may be a sign that you fear people. You, you think that the glory that comes from people will satisfy. And so you treat people who, who might be able to make some return to you, you treat them better than those who can't. When you need to make a decision, you're trying to figure out the right thing to do, are your first thoughts on what people are going to think about your decision? It might be a sign that you're seeking the glory that comes from other people. Are you afraid of looking silly to other people? Are you shy because you're easily embarrassed? Or, on the other hand, are you terrified of not being the center of attention? There are those people out there who want to be the center. And if they were in a social setting where they felt like they didn't perform very well, it haunts them. That might mean you love the glory of other people. Are you afraid of being physically unattractive? After you're done spending time with people, so you've, you've hung out with friends or maybe some new acquaintances, do you replay the evening over in your head? You replay all your interactions. I wonder if they thought I was weird when I said that, but that was really funny. They laughed really hard at that part. It may mean you love the glory that comes from people. When you really care about someone, do you want them to be recognized by others? Think about this. Parents with kids, you love your kid. Oh, I love this kid. I just wish other people would recognize how great they are. I just really wish they'd get the credit they deserve. Or do you think it's really sad when someone famous loses their fame? It might mean that you think that the glory that comes from other people is valuable. Know your heart. Our hearts are deceitful. It's easy to hear something like this and they go, I don't struggle with what people think about me. Our hearts are deceitful. We are born wanting to receive glory from others. Now, there's another way to receive glory, Jesus tells about in this passage, and it's incompatible. That means it can't go together with receiving glory from people. They're opposed to each other. The other way of receiving glory is by seeking it from God. So look at the wording of verse 44. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? So Jesus is actually encouraging us to seek to get glory from God. That's amazing, isn't it? Instead of being motivated by what other people think about you and what they can provide for you, be motivated by what God thinks about you, what he can provide for you. Sit on that for a second. You should want to receive glory from God. Does that sound strange to you? Does that seem like, oh, that's, 
sounds a little selfish that I would be motivated to try to get glory from God. But it's not. There's a vital difference between receiving glory from people and receiving glory from God. When you receive glory from other people, what you enjoy is people seeing how glorious you are. That's the enjoyment of it. But when Christians receive glory from God, what they are enjoying is not God recognizing how glorious and great we are. God is showing off how happy and joyful and wonderful and great he is, and he's letting us be near that. He's allowing us to enjoy him. When we receive glory from other people, we're trying to make ourselves our greatest treasure. That will always disappoint you, by the way. It won't feel like it does at the beginning. It will always disappoint you and kill you. But when we seek glory from God, he lets us have him as our greatest treasure. And that's what we want. We are glory seekers, Jesus is not telling you to stop wanting glory. Instead, he's telling you to seek it from the right place. Seek it from him, not from people. So Jesus tells us there are two, two kinds of glory. They're opposed to each other. And then he tells us that the kind of people you are willing to receive, the kind of people you're willing to follow, reveals what kind of glory you love. So jump all the way back to verse 41. Jesus says, I do not receive glory from people. So he's saying, I don't live for the praise of other people. I live for the reward that comes from God. And then he turns to the Jews and he says this to them. Verse 42. But I know that you do not have the love of God within you. How does he know? Verse 43. I've come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. So what does Jesus mean by coming in someone else's name? What does that mean? What does it mean to come in someone else's name? Do you see that phrase? I've come in my Father's name. Verse 43. You don't receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. Coming in someone else's name means that you're coming in their authority. So they sent you. You didn't send yourself. Someone else sent you. That's what it means to be sent or to come in their name. And you're doing what you're doing for them, for their purposes, not for yourself. So Jesus is saying, listen, I came on the authority of the Father. He sent me. He gave me the works I'm doing. He gave me the words to say. And the things I'm doing here, I'm not doing for me. I'm doing for his glory. And then he says something very interesting. He says, but guess what? This is still verse 43. When other people come in their own name, you receive them. He's saying if someone else were to come in their own name, so they come in their own strength, they're a self-made man or woman, they come for their own purposes to honor themselves, you would receive them. Why is that? 
Why are sinners unwilling to receive Jesus, who comes in his Father's name? He's truly a humble man. We're unwilling to receive him, but we're happy to receive someone who comes on their own authority and for their own name and fame. It's because when other people glorify themselves, especially if we think they're on our team, when other people glorify themselves, we see in them a reflection of glory that we would like to see in ourselves. So think about politics. When your candidate, the one you want to vote for, the one you want to win, draws attention to their own greatness, beats their chest, pumps themselves up, putting down the other side, we like it. It feels powerful. Sinners are attracted to successful, self-centered people, naturally. We see in them a glory that we want to share, and so we like it. Think about stories. We love stories about people who are self-made. They had nothing but by their own willpower. They educated themselves. They worked their way to the top. They outsmarted the competition. They defeated every obstacle. They achieved their dreams, and now everyone admires them. We like stories like that because we can imagine ourselves in them. We want to be glorious like that. So we like stories about people who come in their own name. But Jesus is saying, you like that, but you feel threatened when a truly humble person comes in God's authority and seeks his fame. Here's another illustration as to why that's the case. Why is it the case that we feel threatened when someone comes from God for his fame. If you're a greedy person and the currency, the money you use is Durham's, so you've got a huge vault full of Durham's, lots of them. You're a rich person. You're greedy for Durham's. If you go to the store to buy something and the store owner asks you for Durham's, in exchange for what you're buying, it doesn't scare you. Even though you're greedy for Durham's, you don't like giving them up, but you understand when I go to the store, I give you Durham's, and they're valuable to you. In fact, because they're valuable to the stores in the UAE, that's why they're valuable to me. It's because you're willing to take them what you would feel threatened by as a greedy person with lots of Durham's is if you went to a shop and when you tried to buy something, the shop owner said, oh, we don't accept Durham's. Durham's aren't valuable here. That's when you would feel threatened because the treasure you've been storing up is Durham's. And the shop owner's telling you, no, no, those aren't worth anything here. That's when you get scared. Jesus shows up, and he doesn't care about praise from other people. He wants his father to be famous. He trusts in the glory that God's going to give him. He's telling the Pharisees that the thing they treasure, the treasure they've been hoarding, glory from people, is worthless. 
And so they want nothing to do with him. People who live to be praised by other people don't like it when someone truly humble shows up and tells them they need to treasure God. Jesus is an offense to sinners. He's an offense. Because every one of us treasures the praise of men. And when Jesus shows up, he says, that's actually no treasure at all. God's the treasure. And so we hate him. How do you feel when people take attention off of you and off of themselves and put it on God? That reveals whether you truly love him. How do you feel when people draw attention to you or when your heroes, the ones who are on your team, draw attention to themselves? It reveals what glory you love, the glory that comes from people. Now, here's where this text hits us the hardest. We're moving into the third section now. If you love the glory that comes from other people, you cannot believe in Jesus. Look at verse 44. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God. So when Jesus says, how can you believe? This is a rhetorical question. We talked about this with the eight to 10 year olds this morning when we were studying the Bible. It's a rhetorical question. When you ask a rhetorical question, you're not looking for an answer. You're giving the answer by asking the question. So when Jesus says, how can you believe when you seek the glory from other people, what he's actually saying is, you cannot believe when you seek glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God. Do you see that? Trusting Jesus and caring about what other people think about you are incompatible. They cannot happen in your soul at the same time. This touches the heart of Christianity. Jesus came to honor his father. That's what he came to do. The way his father is honored is by saving unworthy people by doing everything for them. The gospel, so that's the good news of Christianity, is this. You are a sinner who is lost and wretched. But God is good and kind. He's worthy. So he sent Jesus to fulfill the law on your behalf because you couldn't do it. And then to die in your place to pay what you owed God because you couldn't do it. And if you trust him as the one who has all the worth and the goodness, the one who does all the work for you by grace, then you'll be saved. Does that gospel draw attention to your greatness? If your goal in life is to be praised by people for how great you are, the good news of Christianity is one of the last things you want to believe. Because it says the opposite. It says you're not great. You don't deserve to be praised. God is great. 
He deserves to be praised, and he really loves you. And if you submit to that, he'll welcome you in to enjoy his greatness, not your own. You cannot believe in Jesus and hold on to the desire to be praised by others. The glory that people can give you, it's like a hit from a drug. It will feel good. It feels good. You should know that. Sin often feels good. Being praised by people feels really good sometimes. But it will always leave you worse off and hungry for more. It won't satisfy you. The glory that comes from people will only string you along your entire life as you try to get more and more of that hit. And it doesn't do what it used to do, and you need more and more. And and in the end, it leaves you empty and under judgment. That's what it will do. So please don't listen to the lie. Please. You're born wanting to listen to the lie, and this world is not going to tell you otherwise. The lie is if you become somebody... If you get enough money, if you get enough power over people, if you get enough fame, people think you're beautiful or great, if people remember you past your death, then your life really mattered. But it's a lie. And Jesus is saying, become a nobody. Just recognize who you are. Confess to God and to other people that you're a sinner, you don't deserve good. He deserves to be praised. He does everything for you by sending his son to be righteous, to die in your place, to defeat death, which you couldn't do. And if you embrace that, you will live. And then you can draw other people's attention to God's glory. The unbelieving world won't recognize you or remember you. But in ages upon ages to come, you will be clothed with the glory that God gives, and you will be happy, exalting his greatness forever. That's the glory you want to live and die for. I'm pleading with you. That's the glory you want to live and die for. In 2009, the logic of this verse struck me down like a lightning bolt. I mean, the, the impact of verse 44 on my life has been almost as powerful as any other verse in the Bible on me personally. I was doing ministry at the same time, very motivated by other people's opinion of me. I wanted to be glorious in the eyes of other people. There was very little I did that did not include calculations of how others viewed me, how I could look good to them. And I was content with secret sin in my life. By the way, if, you're, if you care about the glory that comes from other people, you will probably have a life filled with secret sin because you're not worried about losing your glory because other people don't see it. And so you keep it a secret. I thought if people don't see my sin, I don't lose any glory. And I thought about this as a minor spiritual problem. Like it's not a big deal. Everyone cares about what people think about them. If it's a spiritual problem, it's not a big one. At worst, it's like a spiritual cold. Nobody's going to die. 
then I heard someone preach this passage. And what struck my soul down was that Jesus does not treat my desire from, for glory from people as a minor spiritual problem. He understands that my desire for glory from other people is incompatible with faith. You are not able to believe. You will not be able to trust him if you want glory from people. And it scared me. It scared me into repenting, making massive changes in my life. I realized that I needed to repent of my unwillingness to fight the desire to be praised. And I still want to be praised. I still do. I'm constantly tempted to posture so that people will like me. But when I see it, I know I've got to kill it. I mean, Saturday mornings, I get off this stage, and unless I'm really intentional, the first thing that comes into my mind is, I wonder what they thought. And now I know I have to kill it, or it will kill me. It will. It will kill any faith I have. And it won't stop until my soul is lost. Jesus is clearly saying in verse 44, if you are most deeply motivated by what people think about you, if the glory you can get from other people is what you care about in life, you cannot trust me. You won't be able to. Christians, if you let the fear of man live in your heart safely, you let it live there safely, if you love the glory that comes from other people without seeking to kill it, if you don't wage war against your desire to be praised by other people, it will undermine your ability to trust in Jesus. I'm talking to Christians now especially. It doesn't just have to be the unbelieving world. You might really care what other Christians think. It's just as dangerous it will kill you. It will kill your faith if you don't kill it. You cannot believe and seek glory that comes from other people. The way you fight is by seeking the glory that comes from God. Jesus wants you to seek it. So that's what he's doing right here. He's showing two alternatives. He wants you to desire glory that comes from God. You will kill the desire to be praised by other people when you recognize that that kind of glory is weak, it doesn't last and it's a lie. If you know that in killing it, there's a better glory to be had. It's not making much of yourself. It's by enjoying him and his glory forever and he will clothe you with it for age upon age upon age. That's how you fight. You call to mind what is the better glory and you seek it. And he'll give it. That's how Jesus lived. That's what he's saying in verse 41. He does not receive glory from people, and he did it perfectly, which means his death is able to forgive us who don't do it perfectly, and it also means he's able to empower us as we seek the glory that comes from his Father. So let's seek it in the strength he supplies. Let's pray. Father, 
know our hearts. They are laid open before you. You see what no one else sees. And I pray that as a people, we would be convinced that that's the only seeing that matters into our lives, really, at the end of the day. Your eye is the only seeing that really matters. Oh, God, help us to believe that. Would you empower us through the Holy Spirit to not live for glory that people can give us because it will string us along like a drug and it will leave us empty and under judgment. But if through your Son, who does all the work for us, if by your grace, you who deserve all the glory, we draw attention to you, you will clothe us with your own glory and let us enjoy making much of you forever. Oh God, convince us, not just in our heads, but deep down in moments at work and with our family, that we would seek the glory that comes for you, from you. Uh, help us. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is like a double-edged sword. It cuts down deep. You, you judge our inward thoughts, the deepest desires of our souls, and you expose who we are through your word. Oh, Lord, as you expose us, as you cut us by your word, would you heal us and bind us up so that we enjoy you and you get the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.